Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. I am Malachi Wade. And I'm Shayla Martos. And this is the Happy Hour, your palate cleansing podcast. Back for episode two. Episode two. Episode two. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're very excited to be back with very our second excited. episode. With yes. More happy stories. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Um, I am so excited that everyone has, like, received the podcast so well. Yes. The first episode, everyone has been super supportive, giving us, like, great tips for this episode. So it is a real big ego boost for me. I have been talking <laughs> about myself all week. <laughs> How is that different from any other week? Oh, like, you had to go there. With I that had day. to go there. That's true. Um, <laughs> speaking of this week, yesterday, the Express Magazine issue one came out online which is really exciting for us because it's monthly so that's a big deal you can find it at expressmagazine.org i designed it with help from some fabulous staff and so i'm very proud and that's really what i've been talking myself up about for a while it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful and i can't wait to to like read through the whole thing because the stories look really really cool and And the next one's going to be in print which is like even cooler Mm -hmm. um also quick disclaimer because so many people gave both of us this feedback for last episode the mic that shaylin is using does have a it's a little broken and the audio (laughs) kind of goes in and out um i i think you can still hear her but we're gonna try to do some other stuff with the audio editing just to let you know we are aware we are aware thank you for your that's why i'm on this microphone because i talk way too loud all the time (laughs) so (laughs) and another disclaimer we do not have a bar segment for this week we're both just really busy this week around but hopefully we'll be able to come back with some interesting reviews for bars next episode yes definitely um so to start off everything yes um this is about well it kind of is a bar story (laughs) so i have to admit this story is a little personal um i was on a date and it was going well yes until it was ruined ruined by keanu reeves (gasps) Okay, okay, not directly, but the bar I wanted to take her to was closed for the filming of The Matrix 4, which they call Project Ice Cream, right? (laughs) That's really creative. (laughs) I was really trying to go to, um, uh, where was it? Zombie Village, and it was all closed down, and I was like, oh, Matrix and Zombie Village. Uh, Lana Wachowski returns as a writer and director for this fourth installment of the sci-fi dystopian series of human resistance to robotic overlords who enslaved us in the Matrix. If you haven't watched it, then... um, What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever watched The Matrix, Malachi? Of course. I've seen it like five times. Okay, because you haven't watched a lot of things. I have. I've only seen Matrix 1 and 2. I didn't even know this this was that's the fourth fine. one. That but I feel fine. like that's okay. It's that's, one of those things. That's just fine. Yeah. Uh, Wachowski and the crew are scheduled to film in San Francisco up until early March. Um, some highlights so far. Actors were spotted jumping off a building downtown and filming in a classic trolley car. Sick. Um, yeah. And I'm excited to see what if Zombie Village is like in there. There's like a really cool cave spot in mm-hmm. Zombie Village that... Yeah. Anyways, Reeves, Keanu Reeves, is returning as the chosen one Neo, as well as Carrie Ann Moss, one of my first ever crushes, <laughs> hacker extraordinaire and no-handed cartwheel bad bitch Trinity. Yes. Yes, 100%. Also, Jada Pinkett Smith returns as Niobe, captain of the Logos, another one of my first crushes. I mean, I remember watching these movies at like 
six, seven years old and like going, yes, captain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but one new cast member I am totally in favor of. Uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II from HBO's Watchmen and Netflix's Black Mirror and The Get Down joins Reeves and Moss, but sources are keeping his role under wraps. Um, yeah, message boards are going wild trying mm-hmm. to think like, like young Morpheus, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's gonna be something really, really cool. Um, I'm Yaya's great. Yaya is great. <laughs> yes. If you've watched uh, Watchmen, whoo, great stuff. Um, they will. They're also casting extras, so you can email Project Ice Cream Extras at gmail.com. Uh, it's it a great like email. It, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah, I'm it's just... very, very direct, very to mm-hmm. the point. Um, I've seen multiple people like posting about it online, like on Instagram. They're just all over downtown, really. Um, let me keep this short and sweet. I am a fan. And in the age of reboots, this is one film that I'm actually going to pay to see. Um, the five dollars mm-hmm. on five dollar Tuesday. Yes. So. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Because, you know, we love the movies, but we can't break the bank for the movies. Exactly. One thing that exactly. I love about watching films that were filmed in the Bay Area is mm-hmm. just the hype when you get into the theater. I remember when I went to go see Black Panther yeah. in SF. And yeah. like the first thing when it says like Oakland, California, everybody in the crowd was like, yeah, <laughs> And so when it's SF, like I feel like we're all going to go see it together, a big mm-hmm. premiere party on a Tuesday oh, and be yeah. like, hell yeah. San Francisco. So. I mean, in, in the Matrix and Silicon Valley just go hand in hand, don't they? Don't they? I mean, it's like interchangeable at this <laughs> point. <laughs> so our next story, yes, anyone yes. who knows me a little bit um, or a lot bit knows that I love flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited about this next story. And it's also an event that's coming up that you should definitely go to. So on March yeah. 7th, which is a Saturday, and Union Square will be filled with over 100,000 tulips for people to come pick for free 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 flowers like you don't have to pay 13 dollars for a meager bouquet from trader joe's ladies (laughs) and gents and pals this is free flowers (laughs) um so basically this event can't get any better it starts at 1 p.m and ends at 4 30 p.m so make sure to get there as early as possible to give yourself plenty of time to collect some lovely tulip bulbs also when I say bulbs, I mean you can actually, it's like the whole flower with a bulb. They're not just cut flowers. So you can oh. grow them. Oh, what? Yeah. Just kidding. It did get cooler. Oh my gosh. Uh, also, the flowers are grown locally in the U.S., but the bulbs are produced from European flowers. According to Better Home and Gardens, which is one of my favorite magazines. American, That's totally on brand. Sorry I, to interrupt you. Yes, but yes totally on very brand. on brand. Do I even need to say it? Probably not. Um, hire me at Better Homes and Gardens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> American Tulip Day is only a few years old um, at, in San Francisco. I think as of this will be the third annual one. Mm-hmm. Um, tulip Days are meant to celebrate Holland, which exports a lot of tulips, apparently. And is also a nice way to ring in spring. I'll be going with my camera to take awesome photos of people and flowers. um, And also make fun of people taking photos of each other with flowers, even though that's fully something I would do. Um, So again, it is Saturday, March 7th, 2020 in Union Square. Free tulips. This is not a drill. I hope I see you there. (laughs) Also, the day after, the day after, March 8th is International Women's Day. So what better oh. way to celebrate than <gasps> to bring a woman in your life some fresh tulips. Wow. Like me. <laughs> I want more <laughs> tulips. <laughs> she wants all the tulips, everybody. 100,000 of them. 
Malachi Amber Wade. Shaylin Courtney Martos. Do you know what my favorite place in the whole world is? Sunday karaoke. <laughs> you were you were ready for that one. Um, I know you. <laughs> yeah, that's very close. But no, it is actually my favorite place in the whole damn world is Cat Town. Cat Town. Cat Town on 29th Street in Oakland. This nonprofit organization started in 2011. They foster cats from Oakland Animal Services, uh, specifically the cats that have a hard time being adopted. Um, many of them are older or they may be in treatment for illnesses or they aren't quite ready to trust people. Little babies. I know, I know. While Cat Town is attached to RAR Coffee Bar, which has oh a God. delicious chai latte. Oh, yeah. RAR these, Coffee Bar. I'm RAR Coffee Bar. Love it. Um, these cats aren't your typical cat cafe kitties. Um, they need to warm up to you before you touch them. But if you play with them and treat them with respect, I swear it is worth it. But I am bringing up my personal happy space because the founder of Cat Town, Ann Dunn, just became the new executive director of Oakland Animal Services. So what? cool. I know. Yes. That's so amazing. Um, so she started on February 18th and is already trying to make OAS function more efficiently by hiring a full-time veterinarian. Um, which according to like KQED and other sources, like they have the money for, mm. they just have had a hard time getting someone to fill the position. So we'll see what she does. Um, mm-hmm. cause one of the issues that Dunn and the OAS face is that many animals are not spayed and neutered, um, processes yeah. that require resources and recovery space. Um, but Cat Town has already been trying to combat that. Um, and one of the ways they do that is through their trap neuter return or TNR workshops with local nonprofit feral change. Um, in the workshop, people learn to catch feral cats in their neighborhoods and take them to shelters to be neutered or spayed at a low price or even free for Oakland residents. All right. Yes. So like if you have your cats in your neighborhood all the time. They're just going to keep having babies because cats love having babies. <laughs> so um, and and like Cat Town, it has a lot of well, they don't, they don't take in kittens too often because kittens are very adoptable. It's usually like older cats or like mm-hmm. shyer cats. But um, sometimes if, you know, some cats are bonded together and they're like a bonded duo or a bonded trio and they really need to live together. Um, it's hard for them to get adopted. So, so some kittens do stay at Cat Town for longer because there's two or three of them um, in a little group. I'll take all three. Yeah, Thank right? <laughs> the next TNR workshop is on April 1st at 6 p.m., but there are lots of other events in the space as well. There's like yoga, and, um, and they do uh, little um, toy workshop so you can make your own toys for your cats oh that's adorable yeah and Dunn is going to be replaced by andrew dorman who's currently a member of the cat town leadership team i've met andrew and he's lovely and knowledgeable just like everyone else at cat town um admission into the space costs ten dollars which you pay at the counter of raw coffee um this admission fee, uh, fee pays for everything these kitties need and you can be in the space for an hour um i just love it there really I, yeah. I love it so much. It's on your Instagram story, like, literally all the time. <laughs> and I just want you to take me. Yeah. Someday. We have to go. Yes. It's, but the thing is, like, it, they're cats, so it's like, you got to go at a, at a right time. If you go, like, at, at noon or one o'clock mm-hmm. in the afternoon, that's, come, come on, that's nap time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they're usually really, really excitable around, like, 5 p.m. or, like, earlier in the morning. Mm-hmm. We should go for, instead of doing a bar review, just go to Cat Town and then... Oh my 
gosh. Just record cats purring. The calm episode. <laughs> yeah, they're good little little kitties. Kitty. Okay, sorry, sorry. That's I've okay. taken up. I've taken up <laughs> enough time talking about Cat Town because I love it so flipping flipping right. much. Our last story before the break. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Our last yeah. story before the break. One last one. Hang one in last there. one. It's exciting. Okay, so the next story is something that makes me very happy because it involves three of my favorite things. Reading, feminism, and the magazine Bitch. Ooh! Which I actually, like, have loved for a while. Yeah. Just letting you know because I know you like it too. Oh, yeah. Um, so this month, Bitch Media released their list, Bitch Reads, 27 Novels Feminists Should Read in 2020. And this is really just a list full of books for everyone, even if you don't identify strongly as a feminist. Mm-hmm. You're just learning. Um. The list is a large arrangement of real-world topics in fiction and nonfiction. I'm going to tell you about the top three I'm most excited about based on their description and cover art. Woo! Because cover art is important. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, do I want to be a book cover art designist? Designer? Maybe. Maybe, yes. A designist. <laughs> yeah, designist. <laughs> so the first, first book is called These Women by Ivy Pachota. It's about... Five girls living in West Adams, which is a community in South Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. There's like an overarching theme of mystery and danger because there is a serial killer that follows kind of throughout the whole story. Ooh. Uh, and so in in this writing, we kind of learn about how serial killers often find their victims in communities that are more marginalized where people wouldn't necessarily care about the victims whoa um, it's very vaguely yeah. written so you don't yeah. really know how the story's gonna go but i'm super intrigued yeah it's supposedly supposed to read like a true crime novel Ooh. so i'm excited about that one the next one is called you exist too much by zaina arafat the protagonist is a young girl from bethlehem palestine and she has never really fit the mold of her strict community so in the story, she discovers that she's queer and leaves Jerusalem for life as a DJ and a writer in New York. All right. I thought that would kind of speak to you. It looks like a really interesting book that would connect with a lot of people, even if you aren't an immigrant. Yeah. And the last but not least is a book called Grown Up Pose by Sonia Lali. Um, Lali is among a crop of Indian writers in North America who are publishing romantic novels that center around their cultural traditions and dating customs, mm-hmm. which we don't really see a lot in mm-hmm. mainstream romance novels. Oh, yeah. Because um, we always just have the same exact ones, essentially. Uh, so the protagonist, Anya Desai, is, has followed all the rules of her family. She married the person her parents want her to marry. She wasn't intimate with him until their wedding night. Yeah. Um, and she pursues a career in nursing mm-hmm. because it provides stability. Um, then five years into her marriage, she decides to separate from her husband to date another man and pursue her want to open a yoga studio. Oh, my gosh. So it's very, like, plot twist against the curve. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about that one as well. So go check them out because, obviously, I can't tell you about all of them, just my favorites that jumped out to me we'll have the website linked on our show notes and our instagram and try to find them at a library if you can't afford them because some of them are a little bit more expensive so plugging libraries yeah heck yeah get your books for free oh (laughs) that's really exciting i love i love bitch for that Mm -hmm. and i i want more they have other um book lists as well that are interesting looking too so if you don't have any ideas yeah yeah. that's awesome (gasps) well we're We're going to go into our break before we bring on a special guest. 
A hundred percent. So we're going to take a quick break. Yeah. Oh, stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. So we are super excited to have our fellow Golden Gate Express reporter, Whitney Papali'i, here today to talk about a happy story right here on campus. Hey, Whitney. Hey, guys. Can you tell us a little bit about your story, Whitney? Yeah. So um, SF State has many on-campus clubs and organizations that cater to a diverse range of communities, as you know. Um, I recently covered a kickback event hosted by one of those student organizations, Black Residents United in Housing, also known as BRA. That's awesome, and I love that acronym. It's a great acronym. I was literally about to say it's a great acronym. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and so last week on Monday, BRA held its first event of the semester to show students that they're back on campus. Um, if no one knows already. Uh, BRA is a student-run organization that focuses on black residents on campus at SF State that provides housing information and services, but is open to all students. It's it's basically a safe space. Mm-hmm. When I was talking to the president, Ivory Moore, um, she said that um, when I was talking to her about uh, how they focus and target black residents, but they are very inclusive. And, and what was the kickback like? Like, what did it entail? Um, so when I walked in, they were playing like YG and they just had like a bunch of food. It was very welcoming. Everyone was just vibing. Um, so at the event, did they have, did they say anything about like future endeavors that they're going to pursue as they're kind of coming back into the campus here? Yeah. So they're, um, right now they're currently still looking for like more, um, members they also want more people to take on leadership roles, such as treasurer um, within their organization. Um, when I was talking to the president, she said that her goals are to just maintain being consistent with being active on campus um, due to being act- inactive in past years. Um, wow, that's really cool. How did you find out about this event that was happening? So I am very interested in covering um organizations on campus that cater to people of color. I think it's important that Golden Express covers and properly represents those communities. Yes, snaps, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So I, when I saw that, um, it was through a BSU um, post and my editor also um, recommended me going to the event. And when I went, it was just, yeah, it was a surprise. I was very welcomed and And just for those listening who don't know, BSU is the Black Student Union here at SF State. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because my my dad listens to this, and I just want to make sure he knows. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I know that Golden Gate Express in particular has had, like, some issues with the BSU in past years and just the way that we've been representing them. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you talk at all with anybody about that or maybe your editor? Yes. So when before I interviewed all of those sources at the event, I made sure that I told them and made them aware that hey like you know in past years golden express has had issues with you know covering certain stories with certain communities on campus and i just wanted to kind of mend that um historic i guess tense yeah 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 the tension mm-hmm. 
Well, that's really good. Um, and you said that they, they were pretty much like once you let that known, they were really yeah helpful. yeah they definitely were they these organizations really want like a platform they they have voices and they want to speak out and so it was really nice to see that people are very passionate about certain things on campus um yeah yeah and um what what interests you about like poc and uh like people of color and w uh, wsc like women of color stories well as a woman of color, um, <laughs> I am very interested in those topics. Uh, I think it's important that, um, you know, people of color are being properly covered in the media. I'm trying to stick to happy stories. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's, it's, it's all about kind of like looking at it from a positive framework. But that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that every, everything in our experience is like super happy no, and positive. No, yeah, definitely. It's also just covering the beauty of um, diverse uh, cultures also where uh, what are your next steps in in covering like bra and other student organizations for people of color uh, so after covering this event um, the president was very um, happy to like cover any future events that are BSU related bra related um, so I really that's what my focus is this year I think um, even though my beat is usually arts and entertainment I think I'm getting more um, involved with covering student orgs on campus and just making sure that people on campus are being heard mm-hmm. um, through stories. So, yeah. You can also, for, for our topics of happy things, too, I love, like, connecting arts and entertainment with, like, stories about culture, too. Yeah. Um, from around the city. So, like, that's one thing that we kind of look for. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that's a good combination for storytelling. No, yeah, definitely. Um, from a journalist perspective, I guess for me, I, you know, in the media, we see a lot of like, it just goes back to how I think the media needs to properly represent and cover um, certain communities, especially women of color, people of color. Um, so that kind of ties back to me covering student organizations on campus. Um, and just being a woman of color, like I'm very passionate about that. Um, yeah, no, that's perfect because it's, it's really, it's super important and who better to cover these organizations than someone who like understands from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Hell yes. We're all for that. Um, perfect. Uh, when does bra hold their meetings? They hold their meetings every Monday in the Cesar Chavez building upstairs in T160. T160. Perfect. And then um, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Uh, <laughs> I'm just glad to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. Thank you for being here. Yeah, we're like super excited um, to talk to you about your work because I read the story and it's like it just seems like everyone there was just super positive and just super excited to be back and build that community so yeah it was very fun like they even they were like even though you're covering the event you still need to participate in all the activities so it was pretty funny like you got to eat yeah eat (laughs) they even gave me like um they offered me like food to take home yeah that's really nice when especially like a student-run event kind of brings in like the student reporters instead Mm -hmm. of just having them like on the side observing it's like no come and like be a part of it no and that definitely doesn't happen all the time so that's nice yeah exactly and when I was there the president was telling me how she's very passionate about providing food I I'm all for taking food home 
Free food is my favorite type of yeah. food. 100%. I can't go to like a family party without taking home like at least three plates. Yes. Exactly. Um, you, and bring, you bring your own Tupperware. Yeah. And for like students who, who may be like living away from their families for the first time, like it's just really important to have that sense of community, that sense of home. No, yeah, exactly. Like she also um, hosted a Souls Giving event um, mm-hmm. last year. Uh, November mm-hmm. and she was very dedicated to providing food for students that aren't able to go home for winter break mm-hmm. um, so yeah that's so nice and what was her name again the name of the president Ivory Moore Ivory Moore mm-hmm. very cool a really cool name yes <laughs> I'm gonna state that it's a really cool name <laughs> yes it is <laughs> well thank you so much Whitney we really appreciate you being here and talking yeah. with thank us thank you for having me yeah like it's honestly I've I've wanted to bring you onto this podcast because I've feel like you and I have gotten along ever since we f- first met each other in a women and gender studies course. No, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yeah. I'm you guys' biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. Well, thank you so much. And um, stay tuned because we will be um, coming right back with more happy stories. Thanks, Whitney. Welcome back, everybody, Welcome to the back. Happy Hour, your palate cleansing podcast. A hundred percent. Thank you to Whitney for coming on and being our guest. Yes, Whitney Papali'i. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Ooh. It was really great having her here. So, for our next story, I have just one name for you, mm-hmm. Marsha. Pay it no mind, Johnson. Yes. Marsha P. Johnson. Her name means so much to the LGBTQ plus community. Marsha and fellow transgender activist Sylvia Rivera are often credited with initiating the Stonewall Riots in New York City in 1969. Mm -hmm. While they may not have been the ones to throw the first brick in protests of unlawful searches and policing of queer people by the NYPD, Johnson and Rivera's work with nonprofit organizations improved the quality of life for many LGBTQ plus people. These two women co-founded the Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, or STAR Network, which worked to provide housing for queer youth and sex workers as well. They also were advocates for HIV-AIDS research, working with groups like ACT UP. Now, New York is honoring the queer activist and icon by renaming East River Park in Williamsburg, Marsha P. Johnson Park. It's about time, I'd say. I agree. Also, what was it? East River Park? I already forgot the name. It's boring. (laughs) (laughs) This is so much better. Mm -hmm. Um, Johnson is the first openly queer person to have a New York State Park named after her. Yes, this is amazing news since although queer history is black and brown, most often our stories are overshadowed by white cisgendered gay male experiences. For example, the Castro District here in San Francisco became a hub for gay culture in the 1960s and 70s. But um, many of the new residents were blue-collar gay men moving into expensive Victorian homes, according to KQED's history of the Castro. Uh, And the Castro, to this day, has, like, little spaces for QTPOC, or queer trans people of color. Mm. So it's amazing that New York is recognizing the influence of black people of color in queer history. Um, Let's have some more representation for wonderful people like performer Josephine Baker, who is bisexual, writer James Baldwin, and my favorite poet, of all time, Ms. Audrey Lord. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my God. <laughs> yes. I was going to like say it with you because I, I knew what you were going to say. Yes. <laughs> Our Lord and Savior, Audrey Lord. Um, how, what do you, what, how do you feel about Marsha P. Park? Mar- Marsha Malachi? P. Park. I'm excited. I think it's really cool. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you said it all, but honestly, I think, you know, naming landmarks in name of important historical people really yeah. gives you thought. And like when you go to that place, you'll think about her and be like, wow you know, this history was really important. Yeah, definitely. And there's already going to be um, statues erected of uh, of Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia R- Rivera in, in New York parks, but oh, this cool. is just like taking it a step further. Yes. So. Yay, queer history. Speaking of queer, not so history, because it's happening right now, <laughs> our next story is about a popular and upcoming playwright on Broadway named Jeremy O'Harris, who recently wrapped his production of Slave Play, The play is an antebellum story dealing with dynamics of race, gender, sexuality, love, relationships, and identity, as said on the official website for the play. It was received with high praise from audiences and critics. This last month, the Human Rights Campaign, the nation's largest LGBTQ plus rights organization, awarded Harris with the HRC Equality Award, according to Deadline. In an interview with Deadline, the HRC president, Alfonso David, said that Harris's slave play is a, is an important voice for the LGBTQ plus community and his writing challenges audiences to rethink power dynamics from their past and how they relate to a present fight for justice. Ooh, yeah, well said. It was really hard to paraphrase that because I was like, <laughs> it's so well said. Wow. It's really great to see young, innovative playwrights progress the expression of identity in theater. Hell yes. And... Some other notable playwrights that I wanted to include are Michael R. Jackson, who is a black queer playwright who gained a lot of praise for his 2019 A Strange Loop. Hopefully we'll be seeing more from him soon. Mm -hmm. And Broadway is full of POC and WOC writing amazing plays like Dominique Morisot, who was a 2018 MacArthur Genius Fellow, which, like, I know, give me chills. It sounds so cool. And she also wrote the play Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations, uh, which is actually on Broadway right now. Oh, my God, is that a musical? It is a musical. Oh, my God. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Um, I really want to see it, and I wish I could. Like, the tickets are not crazy expensive, but, you know, getting to New York is crazy expensive. You should just go to New York. Uh, Go and visit Marsha P. Park and go and see the uh, Life and Times of the Temptations. We're there. We're going on a field trip. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And as a theater person myself, I always love to see and uh, hear stories about successful plays from a wide range of interesting playwrights, especially ones that are kind of quote-unquote off-Broadway or like off the beaten track because there's so many amazing plays that no one really, you know, you can't get overshadowed by the like most popular ones Mm -hmm. and I want to talk about them because they're cool. Yeah, definitely. If you could not tell, Malachi and I were both Musical theater oh. students. Yes, we're very, very excited about the movie uh, <laughs> adaption of In the Heights coming oh, out soon. In the Heights is going to be Don't amazing. even get me started. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, we're absolutely going to love it. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to come up to San Francisco to see it. And that concludes our happy stories for the week, everyone. Yay, happy stories! Um, we're now going to transition into our last call. Last so, Shaylin, would you like to kick it off? What made you happy this week? Oh my gosh. Um, 
there's a lot that's going on in my life that's making me happy. Um, I did cover the Black Joy Parade mm-hmm. um, on Sunday. That was amazing. I always love covering that event. I mean, I've only done it for the past two years, but um, it's really fun. Got some amazing photos, met some cool people, um, specifically people from SF State. So that was really, really cool. Nice. Um, I'm also working on some stories about the SF um kink community specifically like people of color in the kink community and what that's like and what what got them into it and yeah so i'm just i i think there's uh my happy things are work because i'm a capricorn (laughs) and um and i like the work i love the work and i'm I'm really excited to keep going i'm excited for you thank you Uh, how about you malachi um uh, you don't have to go home but you can't stay here i told you i'd say it every episode what's making you happy this week thank you shaylin well (laughs) there are two things making me happy or one i would be three i already mentioned the magazine coming out earlier but other two things are very personal very specific the first one is this friday my father is picking me up that I can go home and play D&D Dungeons and Dragons with him and a group of his friends who I also know um, and then dropping me back off at San Francisco on Saturday so it is a one night just for D&D type of thing Um, man I should have started because yours is so much cooler but my second exciting thing no I love it that's so cool my second exciting thing is I recently found this tote bag that I really want to buy and the design is this goose that has a baseball bat in its mouth and it says, you mess with the honk, you get the bonk. <laughs> <laughs> and it's $32. So um, my Venmo, I think, is just at Malachi Wade. Um, if you want to Venmo me money to sponsor me to buy this tote bag, I really oh fucking God. want it. Um, no, it's, it's Malachi-Wade on Venmo. So please give me money. <laughs> I've died. The episode's <laughs> over. I can't. I can't get past if if um, you, you get the honk. You mess with the honk. You, you get, get the, the bonk. bonk. Oh Jesus! Oh, that's amazing. Um, thank you, Malachi, for making me happy this week with that thank ridiculous you. request. <laughs> So thank you to everyone for tuning in this week to the happy hour. We hope these stories brightened your week. And just a reminder, this podcast is done in partnership with the Golden Gate Express newspaper and Express Magazine with support from the SFSU Journalism Department. So thank you to them for giving us credit. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, folks. Yes. And Shaylin does our audio engineering. And we both do the audio editing. Um, Stay tuned because we are going to be working with the Becca department here on campus and with KSFS radio in order to get this show into a really good uh, recording space and a live slot on on public radio, which is like what both of us want to work in. So literally what? So excited. So Um, um, yeah, thanks to the Becca department. And um, yeah. Also, thanks to Armand Billamoria for making our theme music. What, what a, what a friggin' gem, man. Mm -hmm. What a friggin' gem. Thank you to Whitney Papali'i, who was our wonderful guest this week and um, and talked about bra. And you can find both Armand and Whitney's social medias on our website, as well as our Instagram at THH Podcast. We can't wait to bring you more happy news stories in two weeks because they just keep coming. Woo! All right. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye.